and welcome to this week's Dev in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? Yeah, good. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, yeah, okay. Not too bad. Busy. Busy as usual. I say that every week, don't I? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, looking forward to Friday and, uh, yeah, enjoyed the win at, at weekend against against Lee. Well, didn't enjoy it, to be honest. It was awful that first hour but it was a win was a win so that's put us up a bit and yeah looking forward to this weekend mate yeah also joins we've got Paul Parkin Parkin looking forward to talking all things Salford yeah good to be back I had a, had a, a rest did last week um, I, I wasn't feeling too good so I had to leave you guys uh, to, to do the, the job yourselves and uh, another another great show it was uh, yeah so it's, it's nice to be back on and like Paul's just mentioned following a win it's been the uh, been many months, as we know. So uh, yeah, no, it's great to be back on. It's always great when we win. We, we can produce a great podcast full of positivity. Paul, when we do that. Yeah, it's always nice to beat Lee as well, isn't it? We've got a good record against them. I was speaking to a few people in the week about it. We've not lost to them since 1983. Oh, when I thought, oh, perhaps saying that stat that we might we might blow it now. I might have cursed us a bit. No, but when we kept our our little run going against against Lee Centurions, didn't we? And uh, yeah, it was good to get the result. It was good to get a win. Um, you know, you, you want to get that monkey off your back, don't you? And uh, get two points. Well, it's not two points at the moment. It's this gaff percentage thing. Isn't it? I've looked at the league table the other day. I can't really work that out. It doesn't doesn't seem right to me that without the the two points in the end column. But but yeah, good to get the result. And uh, let's see if we can make it two wins in in two games this week. Yeah, we're going to talk. All about that. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week and then we're going to preview the game against Castleford on Friday night. So what we'll do, we'll start off with a victory against Lee. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were victorious at the AJ Bell Stadium against Lee Centurions. They won 34 points to 8. Two tries from Kevin Brown, one for Chris Atkin, one for Harvey Levert, one for Ken Seal, and one for James Greenwood. And five, vo- five goals from Kristen Inu. Paul secured a win for Richard Marshall's men. Yeah, it did. It was um, a funny game, to be honest with you, mate. I, I thought the, the, the first half, well, for the first sort of 20 minutes, I thought Lee played some good stuff. Especially down that left edge, they got two tries down there. Matty Russell and, and Thornley cut us to pieces down down there, and I was panicking a bit because both sides were making a lot of mistakes. They looked really, really nervous, and they didn't want to give anything away. But I think because they were trying to be so tight and not give anything away, the nervousness of them, they were they were, they were dropping the ball for fun, and I think Deck Patton kicked out on the full early doors, and it was just poor. It really was. It was a really poor hour. I think in the game the first 60 minutes from Salford and we weren't really at the races and the big turning point as you've just mentioned there that the Ken Seal um, track from from from, from Christian who's bit of brilliance uh, I think that changed the game because Lee were attacking our line they're sniffing blood there I think if they'd have scored there they'd have won uh, 12-8 I think it was at the time we got down the other end and then and then finished them off in that last 10 minutes so it was for want of a better word and not want to use cliches it was it was a game of sort of to, well, it was a game of three quarters, I think, really, or three thirds. You can't have three quarters, can you? Three, three thirds, three, three twenty-minute spells or whatever. And yeah, a very strange game. But glad, glad to get the result. It wasn't pretty at times. It was, it was poor at times. But I think the way we finished the game, you know, gives us an awful lot of positives going forward. Now we've got to be better this week against Caster. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it was a scrappy game, scrappy game, Parker. Lots of errors early on. 
That that Lee try that the first one from Matty Russell came off an error from us and, and a dropout and Lee took advantage and Salford did sort of build pressure after that, but then the Costello injury sort of put us uh, put us back a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm going to get this out of the way. I'm going to get the negativity out of the way for the for the for the show because uh, I don't I don't want to be negative, especially when we've won. But that has to be one of the toughest games I've had to watch involving <laughs> Salford in forty odd years. It it especially at the highest level of of what British rugby league is, it was a shocker. Um, by the last sort of fifteen minutes, I think both those teams were. I don't want to use the word embarrassing, but they they were they weren't brilliant. At times, it reminded me of Northwest Counties game, and that's not being disrespectful to that. Um, anyway, get that out of the way. We uh, yeah we started slow. Let's luckily again we we've done that every every game so far. I think um, that like Paul mentioned that kick out from deck pat, and that can happen at any time. I'm not I'm not digging deck out for that, but we you know we we seem to just get in a little bit of a ball back and a bit of maybe momentum and then he kicks it out and then like you say they go on the attack um and we looked a little bit weak down that flank defensively uh early on that that was very worrying like paul said for me that the the main worry at first certainly for that well probably for 60 minutes was we had a lot of ball especially on their line we built a lot of pressure and we didn't seem to be able to do anything with it. We didn't seem to have a game plan as such. It was kind of, let's get to the last tackle through five drives and then let Kevin Brown have a kick. And we were fortunate that um, the winger there, uh, oh, I've got his name now. Um, anyway, I had, had, had a bit of a shocker uh, and dropped about three of the first four balls that went to him, even though he'd already scored. And uh, I think if, if that's you know a top-class winger on form, he catches them, he makes 10, 15 metres and, and they get the ball. We've done nothing. That was very worrying, very disconcerting at times. And defensively, we, we again, we let them make metres. Yeah, they got a couple of big lads in there. But Lee, again, I know we had injuries, but they were struggling. It, it just There was nothing inspiring about that first kind of 40 minutes for me. And I know, I know we'll talk you know, more about the second half shortly. But during that first half, I think both teams would... I think every single fan of both teams were watching that, worried that, you know, can we survive Super League playing like this? Because these good teams, you give them as much ball as, as we gave each other and they, they'll destroy you. Yeah. So for it back, though, with a try from James Green, with assist from Brown, uh, Paul sent him sent him over to score. And then, like Parky said, pressure, pressure, pressure from Salford was followed by error. We kicked to Matty Russell. He spilt the ball a lot. But we weren't able to, to take advantage of that. Paul and it was it was disappointing because when you're playing Super League you've got to take take your chances that come along and I feel like Parky said we, we struggled to break them down we did a lot of the play was off the cuff there was no cohesion in attack and there's not been in any of the games really I think there was a bit in the St. Helens game I thought that was a decent arm wrestle but the whole game the Catalans game pathetic really with the ball we, we've, we've been down there near, near the opposition's line and 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 there's no structure or nothing nobody seems to know what they're doing a lot of it's off the cuff and that doesn't work you've got to be better than that and I don't know we gifted Lee the ball back so many times just you know knocking on I think there was a couple of sets of six where we knocked on on the first tackle and just gifted them the ball back you've got to be better than that you know a decent side I mean no disrespect to them Lee are struggling they really are struggling and they look out of the depth in Super League to be honest and it's it's been strange for them because they've been sort of 
for want of a better word, parachuted into Super League. They didn't earn promotion. They applied for it and got sent up. And I think, in a way, if I was a league supporter, I think I'd be thinking, we've gone up a bit too soon. For me, they should have stayed down and earned the promotion this season um, rather than going straight in there. And it's biting them on the on the backside a bit now. But uh, but no, no disrespect to them. But we're going to have to be better. You need to be better than that because better sides are going to punish you. You can't cast this weekend. You start turning the ball over to them, they'll have a field day. That's a Paul Matt Shane. They'll just run, just run rings around you. So we've got to be better than that. And, you know, looking at that second half there, I think it papered over the cracks a bit, those those three tries there. And I know Richard Marshall was chuffed on that. I wouldn't be chuffed with that performance. I'd have been spitting chips there at the end of that because we've got to be better than that. We can't afford to be, you know, Playing the way we're playing at the moment, it's been poor. It really has been poor with with the ball and the, the attack. We, we had opportunities in, in Catalan. We had a lot of ball on their line that first half. And we never looked like breaking them down. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it at the moment. Obviously, we scored a few tries near the end, and I'm hoping, you know, that that's gonna gonna kick on now this week. But I'm not not hundred percent sure. But yeah, it's uh, it's tough at the moment. I think. Yeah, Ian Thornley scored for Lee to give them the lead at half-time. And like you said, Parker, error, mistake, both sides kind of giving the other other team the ball as much as, as much as possible, really, for the next kind of half an hour. And I suppose when uh, Chris Atkin came on at Hooker, it all settled down a bit for me in that, in that second half. And that's when we started to tick. Yeah, big big raps for, for Chris. He's, you know, he's, he has to bide his time a lot, even last year he did when he came in. Um, but for me, he's never let us down every time he's played, no matter if he's been at half-back or, or hooker. And he, he, he certainly sped the, the play up a little bit. Um, and he's got a bit of nouse about him because obviously he is, a, he is a half-back really by trade and he does know what he's up to. But he, he played really well. I think half-time came at the right time for us just to regroup and have a have a chat and sort out a few few of the, the issues we were having. Let, you know, Marshall have a, have a dig. I'm sure he rips into him. He seems like quite a pleasant guy, but I'm sure he... Um, he had a few choice words to use to certain certain players who, who just seemed just off the pace and not not fired up, not emotionally ready. I don't know what it was. Um, whether we, I don't know. We looked at the Lee squad and thought, well, these you know these don't look great. They've got a few good players in there, Pete, some people like that who are you know very experienced Aussies. But overall, we we should be able to beat these. Second half came and uh, we started to control the ball a little bit better. We looked, you know, we looked. A little bit more, there was a bit more cohesion there, uh, which is something that it is going to come. We keep making, well, have to make, chop, you know, chopping and changing players through injuries and suspensions and that kind of thing. That that's not going to help us. We need a settled a settled side for a few weeks, certainly in the key roles, and and we'll, we will see better performances. But as the as the half went on, and we 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 just held the ball, and then half always got on top, which was the, a big big thing for me. Big seven people like that running running the ball. In Moose was magnificent uh, in that second half. Uh, he just he, he he ran like a leader, like he you know he does. Uh, and we got quick play the balls, and from there they couldn't handle it. And uh, once you know, two he got got his hands on the ball a little bit more. And Brown in, in space when you've created them, that you've tired them out a little bit. They're getting a bit leggy, and you could see that with Lee. I mean, we didn't look overly fresh, but they looked they looked gone at about sixty minutes, and. Uh, and we, you know, we worked out, and then we started to let the ball do the work. And uh, I mean, so, some of the players. I mean, Harvey Levette, I thought was, was was magnificent in that second half. I think he's been really good anyway. But he works hard in defence. But he, he he's got real good skills for a forward. And um, 
you know, so a big, big raps for him. And like you say, uh, Atkin and Moose, all, big Seb, they all ran hard and, and got us into, into decent positions and quick play the ball to in the game. Yeah, big moments in big games. Uh, Paul, Greg Burke with a tr- kind of a try-saving tackle uh, to stop a lead counter-attack. Then Lee co- coughed up the ball and then we took advantage with a try from uh, Kevin Brown. He's, he's, you know, sorry, his first of the game at that point. You know, that was a big that was a big moment in the game, that. Yeah, it was. And I think, I can't remember it was before that, or after Ken Co came up with a try-saving tackle. I think it was Ken Co on that side um, who, who stopped Lee from scoring there because... They, they were creating chances, weren't they? But yeah, we, we needed that. I thought Kevin Brown played pretty well in that game, to be honest. He did everything that was asked of him. He scored two tries. He, he created a, f- a few tries. And his kick- kicking game was good as well. It put Lee under pressure, particularly in that first half. You know, some of them spiralling kicks caught Lee out a few times. But we just obviously couldn't capitalise on them, which we, which we need to be better. But I'm just echoing what Parky says, really, about the, the chopping and changing of the team. I don't think... We don't like bleating on about injuries and blaming injuries for things, but I think we probably had our fair share in the early early start start of the season. But to key players as well, and it's affected us a bit because we've had to chop things round and change things round. And you know, Taylor's been injured, Sargent's been injured, Watkins has been injured. Uh, we've had Brown suspended, Andy Acker suspended. There's been a bit of a bit of upheaval there for Richard Marshall to deal with. So I'm not you know making excuses, but uh, I think that can sometimes have a have a factor there. But the Brown try, I think, was was a relief for us really. It was, it wasn't. You, you could sense that sort of the pressure building. Lee were Lee were on sort of pushing our line, Parkey, and and then Kensio comes with a comes up with a hundred meter interception try. Lovely bit of work from Chris Naninu uh, to give uh, Co the ball, and uh, he did the rest. Yeah, uh, the, the the I don't know, I don't know if I'm cheating by saying the skills of, of Inu there. Um, it was kind of he was going to knock on, and he's flipped it backwards. Straight into his his winger's arms, but if he if he meant that, then yeah, Harlem Globe trot stuff. It was brilliant. Uh, and as soon as Ken got the ball, you know he's a big lad, um, and you don't think he can actually, you know, move that that quickly or should be able to. Because most big wingers are, you know, they, they got a bit of pace, but not that much. And he went, and as soon as he got the ball, I just thought he scored, and that that was a massive turning point in the game. That that probably knocked the stuffing out of league because they could have gone in if they, if if anyone don't get hands on that ball. You know, it goes out wide. They've got an overlap. Perhaps they go in, in the corner. And that's the game turns again. So it was a, a big, big moment. And uh, Kenny Seo scoring again. He, he he scores every game, doesn't he? He's, he? Something. He's just got this this knack of being in the right place at the right time. But uh, that was a that was a very very big moment because they had us a little bit. And they got a couple of penalties on the bounce that I I, I don't want to blame the ref, but I don't think deserved. I think uh, there was a few few strange decisions again uh, the other day, but. That was that was that was a key moment, I think. I mean, going back to Brown's try, he took the line on, he took on their defence, and that's what we need to do. It was too much just passing down the line, you know, trying to get it to, to but it didn't seem to be a plan. And Brown got his head up and looked and saw that there was going to be a gap, and and he ghosted through for his try. And that, you know, he just takes that little bit of little bit of knowledge, a little bit, of, you know, switching on, having a look, playing with your head up and having a look around, seeing what's going on, rather than just thinking, I've got to pass this ball on. You know, and any of the players could have done that at any time when we had pressure on Lee the other day because their defence was weak. But uh, yeah, the, the CO try, going back to that, that was that probably the big game changer. Yeah, Paul, we, we talk about uh, Chris Naninu's laid back style of play. And I think that kind of works to his advantage in this try because he takes 
takes that moment in that time to 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 be alive and flick the ball back to to see Otis go. And I don't think there's another sober player who'd be able to do that uh, in that pressure moment. No, no. Um, just one second, lads. I'll have to turn. Someone's in our house. I'll have to tell you on. Oh, wait a minute. What? Go on, carry on. What's the matter? No, no, carry on. What are you doing? You're switching the TV off. Have you got Channel 5 on? No. Well, someone's left Channel 5 on with the, with the mute on. It's the Yorkshire vet, and it's a cow giving birth, and there's a bloke with his hand up his backside. <laughs> there's all this blood everywhere. It's just absolutely I think, disgusting. He's putting me off. Uh, I think that's uh, something to do with the game on, on Saturday, that. Oh, I think that's just telling you exactly what we saw. <laughs> Paul, talk us through it. I'm a bit squeamish and stuff like that. Let me turn it over. <laughs> That doesn't uh, symbolise what we had to watch the other day. I don't know what does. Well, was you up to the the new bit? Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. we're going to say I was just telling you that I thought um, Chris Nanninu the ability he has to to play under pressure because he he has that laid back approach when he when he's playing and be able to just sort of click into game in, in that crucial moment helped him give the ball to Kenzie to score. Yeah, yeah. Some people say. Um, you know, he's a bit too laid back sometimes, don't they? But I think, you know, that, that laid backness sometimes can, he can come up with these genius sort of plays, can't he? And stuff that you think, blimey. There, there was one a few few uh, seasons ago where, I can't remember where it was now, where he sort of jumped and he must have jumped about seven foot in the air uh, to take a catch and score. So he does do brilliant things. And on, on Friday night, I thought that was a, a bit of a dubious try. I was sat with Gareth Walker, who does League Express, and he had his laptop on. He said, oh, Paul, he said, have a look at this. So he turned his laptop and showed me the try, you know, as it was happening, it was the replay. And we both said, you know, we, we both sort of thought it was a knock on that. And then you looked at it and thought, no, it's not. It's it's a it's a cracking piece of play, really. And uh, and it was, the way he juggled it and, and got the ball away, it was, you know, it's not a lot of players wouldn't have done that, would they? They wouldn't have had the, the skill and they wouldn't have had that sort of, I don't know that that vision to be able to do that, and it's a big big thing in the game. That is the game change. That changes the game. Lee would have scored there. They probably would have gone on and won the game because they they had the momentum, and that just took the whole sting out of Lee. Their heads just dropped from that point, and um, and, then we, and then we took control from there. So big players come up with these big plays, don't they? And Chris knew is that big player. I know he's been in and out of the side this season, and and I've criticised him a few times for, as as other supporters have as well. But I don't know. I think for me. After that game and, and and after me thinking a bit, he's got to be in the team because he's a good goal kicker as well, and he comes up with them plays. So I think you've got to find a place for him in that side, and I think he deserves it. I think he he deserves his place in the team. But that was a, a magical piece of play. That really was. Yeah, I think Parker talking about they talk about other sports, talk about cricket and slip catches having soft hands, and I think that kind of. Is, is the way Chris Ninu was had that ability to give the, the ball to Ken because there was no panic, was there? Sometimes when you get sort of panic, you tighten up and, and end up losing the ball. And, and that's what that's what I think happened on against Lee. He was able just to sort of caress the ball back to, to see to score. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm sure he's delighted he didn't actually catch it and hold on to it because he might have had to run the full length of the pitch. And I'm not <laughs> sure at 34 or whatever he is, he would have had the... Uh, Quite the, quite the gas or the legs he once had to make it. So he's probably delighted the way it worked out. But yeah, you like you say, it's, it's that if, if that's done through instinct, that's that's genius stuff. And he, he, the way he sort of kept it alive, because it looked, like Paul said, it looked like he was knocking on. And then somehow he's just got his hand back to it and flicked it back straight into the winger's hands. I mean, that's, again, that's just, that's partnerships again, you know, kind of knowing that your winger might be there. That, that's, that's the key. You see Saints do it all the time. 
you know, Nagama or, or Percival or whatever to, to Grace or, or Makinson or whatever. It, it doesn't seem to matter. They know where their, their winger is. They have this this sense. And, uh, yeah, so, it was, you know, it's a great moment, really. And like we've already said, it definitely, definitely turned the game in our favour. Yeah, the Lees' heads went down then. Paul and, and Sofa took advantage. Second try for Brown, followed by a try from Chris Atkin and Sofa in total control. Yeah, yeah, they, they was then. And um, I think one thing you noticed there in that last sort of 10, 10 minutes of the game is we started to, to, to click and the players had a smile on their face. You know, things were starting to go right. Harvey Levette was having an awful lot of joy down that left edge there. And I think for me, that's, that's where he can... He can make his mark this season running out wide. You know, if he's playing in the second row, and get him running wide because he's a good ball player. You know, and he looked dangerous there as well. And another guy who looks dangerous when he gets out wide is James Greenwood. I'm always impressed with him when when he plays. I think we've we've missed him. I thought he had a decent game. So, so yeah, we've got to start. You know, like I said before, just just take your chances and be a bit more confident. You know, when Kevin Brown runs at the line there, he's dangerous. I think sometimes there's too many players in the side who. Are, you know, waiting for somebody else to do the work and that you know we've we've just got to go for it and tech tech teams and perhaps not give teams as much respect as what we're giving them you know grab the ball by the arms and go for it you know we've got the, the players on there that, that can do the business and I'm like looking forward to this game on Friday there's there's no we don't need to fear any team really we've got players that can cause problems and I think sometimes it's a confidence thing and and, and we did we, we totally lacked confidence in that first half you could tell the way we were playing once you get a couple of tries you, it starts flowing and what you scored three tries in ten minutes there, and it looked unstoppable. So, uh, so we've got to, if we could bottle that, it's priceless, and it we've got to try and you know bottle that up as best we can and, and take that into the the rest of the games this season. Now, yeah, Harvey Livet scored as well. Had one chalked off as well. Parky's certainly been impressive for me so far this season. I know the England Knights team has been selecting, and I can't understand how he's not got in that team. You, you've just took the words right out of my mouth, literally. I, I was going to say that he, he's he's been really good for us, and he, like I said, that you know he's got great great hands for a for a forward. I know he can play in the in the three quarters and has done in the past. I think it's even been mentioned that he's played at half back, which is a bit of a surprise, I suppose. But he could do. Uh, he's got he's got good legs, you know. He's got good pace as well for a, for a you know one of the bigger lads. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a bit surprised about that. I think he's, he's been badly overlooked. There. I think him and. Even before that, maybe you know somebody. If if maybe Armour had been out staying in the team a little bit longer or something, people like that could have been in this England Knights team. It, that's that's what it's there for, really, to give players a chance. But uh, definitely Harvey, I think he's been, I think he's been really really good. And that that on uh, on Saturday, when when you get on top at Friday, so when you when you get on top, that's when you need you know players to really shine and show us what they've got. And he, he did that, and defensively and going forward. Really, really good performance from the guy, and he, he's got you know he's got a lot of developing still to do. And and I said it pre-season. I'm surprised that Warrington again have let another player like that go. He's got so much potential, and uh, again he was another one that, like Paul just said, he started playing with a smile on his face. When, when players are happy, that's when you're going to get the best out of them. And uh, he he was certainly he was certainly up there with the best the other day. Yep, yeah, I spoke to Richard Marshall after the game, and this is what we had to say. <laughs> Coach's Corner. All right, Rick, it's Rob. Hi, Rob. Congratulations on your first Super League winner, Solberg head coach. How's it feel? And talk us through it. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, we, we feel good. We feel quite happy about the way we've played. We, we we know we have to play better. We're going to have to play better over the la- over the next few weeks. Got some tough games coming up. Um, it was an important game for both clubs uh, this evening, even if it is so early on in the season, uh, and we managed to come through. Um, albeit we we weren't a hundred percent there, uh, far from it. So we'll improve from that. But yeah. Uh, we sang the song and, and we were really happy. We, we, we're pleased. I think we can look each other in the eye and go, and go you know what, we had, a, we had a dig there. Yeah, Kevin Brown was inspirational. Two tries from him. Do you think he was a difference today? I'm really happy for Kev, yeah. He's had a tough week. Um, so I was re- really happy for Kev. I thought he really stood up along with our other senior players in the team. And, 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 and you know, you learn a lot about yourself when you lose a few games and, and and these experienced players that we've got here, we're very fortunate to have. They've been around the block, they know the game, they know it inside out and they didn't panic. Um, we had some good meetings this week and we knew exactly what we needed to do. Kev was instrumental in our, in our gameplay today and uh, hats off to Kev. I thought, yeah, coming through a tough week, uh, it, it, it was a really, uh, you know, a senior leader within that performance. Yeah, Elliot Kerr at fullback and Chris Sacking at hooker when he came on came on, gave us that spark we needed. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, they did. Uh Elliot was he's very hard to handle and hard to manage. Elliot He's good, he's a good player. Again, he's been around the block, he knows the game. Chris Atkin had a, a had a little bit of a stint against Witness a few weeks ago. We thought it was probably time he had a look at uh, a look at a bench spot. Obviously, Andy Acker's got a ban, so there was a spot available, and I thought he filled a real good uh, gap for us there. He was really lively in and around the rook, and he's got a bit of a kicking game, and he knows the game. He's been around the block. He knows he's a good player, Chris. Yeah, lots of errors, but fitness and defence was a big positive. Does it build confidence that you've nilled him in the second half? Yeah, I'd like to have nilled them all overall, for being honest, but we can't have everything. Um, our fitness, yeah, we look we look like we're getting some players up to match speed. Lee Mossop, uh, our captain, played big minutes and we needed him too. And I thought he led us really well. Uh, Christian, who came back into the team, all the boys who come who came into the team, I thought, contributed really well. You mentioned a couple, Ollie Roberts, James Greenwood, Greg Burke, who's not played all year. So... I thought we got a real good response uh, from the players who've been sat on the sidelines over the last few weeks and they thought, you know what, I'm going to roll my sleeves up and uh, see what we can do here. And I thought they did a real good job. Yeah, attacking-wise, we opened up in the last 15 minutes. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, our attack clicked a little bit. Uh, and that We spoke about that at half-time, just changed a little bit, of, a couple of uh, our points and, and what we wanted to do and how we wanted to manipulate Lee. We did think that we'd get through that 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 tough period. We did. Uh, there was a moment there, a critical moment where it was an us all them moment, and, and Chris um, Kenny Kenny Seal went full length off the back of some wonderful skill, um, something that we can we can yeah we can breed off the back of that and and, and get some energy. Uh, and I thought we did off off them key moments in the game. Yeah, Castleford next week opportunity to build some momentum. Yeah, it will be. It'll be a tough game. Uh, they're, a, you know, they're a good team, old classy cast. So we'll have to be at our best. Our defence will have to improve. Our ball control will have to improve. And um, But I think there is a lot more improvement in this squad. And we've given ourselves a chance. Um, and that's what that we'll be going to compete again next week. Cheers, Rick. Good luck. Thank you. So that was Richard Marshall talking to himself, uh, Parky after the game, and, and he he said he, he you know we felt good about our performance, and he knows that the the team will need to do better in the next few weeks.
Yeah, he's, he's, he's given the lads a bit of confidence, isn't he? He's not going to, he don't want to come outright and just say that was awful. Like, you know, maybe I did at the start of the start of the podcast. Um, like I say, that's out of the way. We forget about that now. But um, I think he's he, he's trying to, you know, build a bit of confidence in the team. And and they, they all know, every single player on that pitch will know they've got to be, you know, 15, 20% better if we're going to achieve anything. And uh, and certainly against Castleford this weekend, because, you know, this that's a completely different level to what we played this uh, last weekend. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, he'll know. He'll know what, what needs to change. Um, hopefully we've, we've done a bit more work uh, offensively this week, because like we, we've all said, with a ball in hand, we look we look very flat for most of that game, and we only scored before that game three tries in the league, and it, it, it just things like that need working on. And maybe that win and a bit of confidence, uh, and he's obviously backing his boys now. He might have a couple of players back in as well, and uh, yeah, he, 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 you could still tell he was disappointed. He knows he knows a long way to go yet, um, but he's trying to get this new side together and get him you know getting them work together, and he needs he needs key players to be back. Yeah, he praised Kevin Brown and Chris Atkin for their performances. Paul and, and Kevin Brown, like we said, interventional performance. But Chris Atkin changed the game for me. And, and I think, obviously, he'll, he'll have played his way in uh, to the Castleford game in the, at the end of the week. I think so. I think with Chris Atkin, he's, he's a real steady Eddie. I think he's he's got a wise head on his shoulders. He's not a, an old guy, really, but he's, he's quite an experienced player. Um you know, and I, I think he brings that to, to your side. He, he's he's good in the halfbacks for me. I, I I prefer him playing in the halfbacks. But what he brings to you in the, the hooking role as well. He's got a decent kicking game, and uh, and yeah, I, I think we're a, we look a much better balanced side when when Chris plays. So I think I'd have him in the side this week. Chris with Mark, Richard Marshall. Sorry, he's got um, some big decisions to make. You know, we've got the the guys in there in the hooking role. We've got. A few guys who can play at half back. So he, I, I still think he's not sort of sussed out his his best thirteen yet, really. And I don't think I have when I look at the side. I'm 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 a bit like that, wondering who, who's going to play and who he'd have there. It's uh, sometimes that's a good thing to have competition for places and things like. that. But then other times, it, you know, you want there to be to be a settled side. But I definitely have Chris Atkin in there this this week, and I thought I thought he played really well when he came on. Yeah, Parkett. He was disappointed not to nil Lee, but to nil him in the second half shows. How good our defence is, um, but you can only, you know you're only beating what's in front of you. That's that's nobody else's fault, and uh, we there's still work to be done there defensively. But again, that will come when we. I mean, we didn't have our top defensive player, and uh, probably won't this week. I wouldn't have thought in, in Elijah Taylor, who's been pulling off you know what, 50, 60 tackles a week so far. I mean, you shouldn't rely on any one player. That's that's not the way it works, but. He is a key component in our defence, uh, especially organising it as well. So, but it is good to, to nil a team, even if it is for forty minutes. But we need to, if we cut out them silly mistakes, Lee don't get the ball to score them them tries, and it, we we could have nilled them. Um, but yeah, obviously you've got to be happy with that forty minutes without without conceding a point in any game. Yeah, looking at the stats, Paul. Top tacklers, Lee Mossett with 35, Oliver Roberts with 30, Jack Wells with 26, Declan Patton with 24. Jack Wells, a bit of a going under the radar a bit for me, he works hard. Yeah, he does. He is a worker. He put another good shift in there. And, uh, no, he's, he's been given a bit of responsibility. You know? He's played a couple of games there and Richard Marshall seems to, to, to like him. He's, he's picked him a few times because he has... 
he has chopped and changed it around a bit in the forwards, hasn't he? Certain players have been dropped and, and, and left out of the side. So, uh, you know, he seems to put a bit of faith in, in Wells there. And, you know, he, he's taken the opportunity of both hands, which is good to see when you've got a young player like that. He's a relatively young lad. And um, good to see him in the side doing well. Yeah, top meter makers, Parker Kencio with 204, Inu with 131, Lee Mossop with 101, uh, Sebastian Ickert A499, Elliot Kerr with 113, and Jack Wells with 70. Elliot Kerr at fullback, few nice weaving runs, obviously. He's not, he's, he played, I think he played fullback at Wales, and he showed his class there. Yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed early on when he got dragged behind his own try line rather than surrendering and you know, uh, just going to ground with the ball and he got dragged behind the line and, and we give him the ball back early on and it was kind of like, oh, God, here we go. Um, but after that, yeah, he did and he spotted gaps in their line. He's got a bit of pace about him. Uh, I, I was still disappointed not to see Morgan Esquire. I'm not sure what, what the situation was there because, uh, again, another rapid player who, who you give him a gap, he's going to go. But, yeah, he, uh, Elliot played He played really well in the end. He did He, he did do well. He covered well um, and he has got pace. And the, the thing is with him, he... He can be moved about the team. He's another versatile player. I know. I know. Richie Marshall was was impressed with with his performance. Uh, I'm not sure what he meant during his interview. I think he said something like he was he's hard to manage. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure whether he meant he's, he's you know bit, a bit of a pain or whether he meant he just wants to play every week and he's not bothered. Yeah. You know, he just mires the manager. I'm not sure where that where that was going, but um, yeah, he he, he did okay. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see Wells there in, in both defence and attack. He does come under the radar, doesn't he? I didn't realise he'd done that much. Um, but like I mentioned before, Moose going forward, I think, was was great. Um, I think he had a, 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 that second half, pro- you know, proper leader's role, uh, as you'd expect from him. And it, it's interesting, you got Roberts and Greenwood in there. We've still got Armouroid to come back. Taylor obviously didn't play. But Burke was back. Great to see Greg Burke back. He's just so solid and steady. He just does what he's told to do, and that's... That's what you need from your tummy forwards every now and then. Just get all that ball and get us out of there. Just drive it out. And that's what he does. And I think he's a, a, a cracking player to have in the, in the squad. And that's, that's great because we get a couple more players back. That competition then, that's going to show. And with Wells showing that kind of form and obviously Harvey Lovett and the, 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 the signs there, it's very, you know, it could be promising. We just need to get them set up players in, in key positions. And uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll be okay. But like Paul said about you know the halfbacks, Atkin or Patton really could could slip into the halfbacks at any time if one of them has a bad game for me. But I think Atkin's done really well, and after that game, I think it'd be harsh if he doesn't get at least a bench spot this week. Yeah, five players over a hundred meters. Paul, talk about the tackle burst. Two e three three. T- Tackle burst, Sebastian Icker with three, Brown with six, Elliot Kay with seven, Harvey Livette with three, Greenwood with three, and Wells with three. So we were bursting the line uh, when, when we got that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and that's something we haven't done really this season. You know, if you go back to the Catalans and the whole game, we, we, we were pretty uh, stagnant really in that department, and especially in that second half there, we did. Sebastian Ikehifo, I thought he, he looked really good in that second half. Lee were finding him really difficult to stop. And another guy who um, probably deserves a mention is Darcy Lustig. I think I didn't realise how big he was until until I saw like saw him close up on uh, on Friday night. He's a big fella. I mean, he took a bit of stopping, and uh, I don't know how many yards he made. But one thing I noticed with him is he takes about four players to stop him. So he's difficult, and if he can get somebody there at half back and get a quick play of the ball from him, and uh, you know get Andy Akers going there, 
there's going to be gaps in the line to, to run at, so he's going to be a good tool to use. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of um, no, we did exposedly. I felt in that second half, particularly that last twenty minutes of the game, and uh, that that's something you've got to be confident about there. And uh, just going back to what you mentioned there about um, Elliot Keir, I thought Elliot played really well. You know, at fullback, I think that's probably one of his favourite positions when he's played there at fullback for us. He's he's got a lot of pace. He's not the biggest of blokes, and uh, sometimes he can he can get caught and he can get pushed behind the line. But I wasn't so sure when I, when I saw the starting line because I thought I didn't think Morgan Escray did an awful lot wrong in, in, in Callan really. So he was warming up before the game, Escray on the pitch with uh, Jack Armanroy. So whether them two. They were both in the squad, weren't they? So whether they just weren't picked or they picked up slight knocks, I'm not too sure. But it'll be interesting to see who Richard Marshall goes with at fullback this uh, this Friday. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Ricky P, work to do. Brown, Richard Martin, just good enough. Brown, Mark, poor first half. Atkins, Lee Whitehouse, very good long grass. Paul, you said Inu the juggler and your ma- your man of the match was Kevin Brown. Is that Does that still stand? Yeah, I thought Kevin Brown organised really, really well. As I said before, his kicking game was good. He created a few bits and pieces for us. And it's just just finding someone to, to, to sort of play off him, really. And um, I know two with all his in the side at the moment. But for me, they're not, they're not sort of linking together... Um, Brown and and, and Law here at the moment, but we all know two is a talented player. And if they, if them two can get that right, that partnership right together, I think you know we can, we can do really well. We can create stuff because Kevin Brown's always always there creating, isn't he? And uh, yeah, I thought that was his uh, best performance so far this season for us. Colin Wilson, never in doubt. Brown, your mate Roy Ellaby, no doubts whatsoever. Brown, Chris Gaffney, glad it's over. Atkin, Will Winston, better second half. Edel Gray, Ad Gray, uh, painful to watch. Atkin. John Waite, Agony to Ecstasy, Brown. And that's, that's I suppose that's the way it is, Parky, I suppose. You can't, can you expect an 80-minute performance this early in the season? That's a, that's a tough question. I think, I think yes. I think you should. I think that's what every player should be doing. I know it's hard to say, but it's not, we're not in round one. You know, we, we, we played three league games or whatever before. We played a cup game. We, the only problem is, like we keep saying, we're not having a consistent team, um, so they're not playing together, which which is having a you know will have a knock on effect. I think the the Brown uh, Lola here thing is a is a bit of a quandary. I, for me, the best I've seen of, of Tui in, in in any season, when it, whether it was with Jacko or well with with Kev Brown, he's he, he's not a guy that's going to take control of the game. That's what the other the other halfback has to do. And hasn't done so far until this weekend for me. No matter who's played at scrum half, but Brownie got his, you know, his hands on the ball a lot more. His kicking was more, you know, precise. He seemed to be able to lead us round a little bit more. Two, he's one of those players. Once you get on a roll and give him the ball, let him take the line on, create the space. We get a few quick play the balls. He's he's a danger, like you said there. How many how many clean breaks did he make? Was it three or four or something? Yeah, you know that that's your standoff. He's a big lad for a standoff. But he's got a lot of strength and a lot of skill about him. And he just needs that bit of confidence. Someone to take a grip of the game for him. I know it's not not always right. It's not always fair. You know, he's an international player and he should have it in, in himself. But I think just to give him that boost, just take that pressure away. Let him play his own game. Uh, and that will come. For me, Brown had a, a big point to prove this week. Because I, I think he'd been poor this season. You know, I'll say it. I don't think he's... I, I just don't think he's been there. And with the pressure of having Deck Patton and, and Chris Atkin 
you know, leaning on him. Maybe that's that's going to force him into to better performances. But this week, obviously, he was he was much better. His kicking was was better. He he tried that he took himself again, heads up, had a look at the line, didn't just pass it on to somebody else. He took responsibility, and that's what you need from your from your main playmaker. You know, he, he's not just that; he's an our senior player. He's he's the man that's got to lead us around the pit. And I know it won't be as easy at 36 years old as it was when he was in his mid 20s, but that that's his role in the team. And if he plays well, I think you'll see the best out of Tua. Christopher Sloan, good in patches. Livette, Adam Aubrey, Atkin at hooker. Atkin in with his man of the match. Matter improvement still needed. And his man of the match was Levette and Atkin. And um, I agree. I think Levette was, was, a, was, was one of the game stars, Paul. Uh, he was in the, the, the sort of latter stages of the game. I thought it was pretty quiet in the first half. I think everybody was. I thought it was, um, like we said before, you know, you were saying about an 80-minute performance. You've got to start performing like that now in, in Super League if you want to do anything. You can't play in sort of 20 minutes here and there. You've got to start performing and, and playing well. And, you know, there's, there's players there who, for me, wasn't. Yeah, he, he did all right in the, the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. But this game against Cash, you have to play well for a full eight to otherwise you're not going to get nothing yeah that, that's suppose that's the thing Parky you've got to start competing for the full 80 minutes and I'm sure Richard Marshall will be, be hoping and, and praying the players can do that yeah like Paul's just said there you give a team like Cass you know the, the, the start that we gave Lee give them all that ball and a couple of tries if they're back the kicks who knows you know you're in serious trouble We the one thing we've got to do is get out the blocks fast. We're so sluggish at the start of games. I don't know what it is. We don't seem... I think they need a rocket up and there's some, there's, there seems to be a bit of a lack of... I don't know if it's passion. Just whether they get... you know Whether whether Richie Marshall calms them down too much, I don't know. I don't... You know, everybody has that influence over them. But I think they need really firing up and come out of the blocks and, and start games strong. Put teams on the back foot. Because once, once a good team gets on a roll... In Super League, we I said it the other week, and it happened at Catalan. Once the team gets on a roll, you're in trouble. Especially we, you know, a lot of these teams have big packs now, and, and and they're athletic. They're not, you know, they're not 20 minute plodders. These guys, they can play 60, 70 minutes. These big men, you've you've got to you've got to be the team that makes the running in the game, and and puts them under pressure and gets receipt repeat sets, make them do defending, and then like we saw against Lee, late on in the game, they'll tire. So it's it's up to us to get out of the blocks, come out firing. You know, have some anger in you, and uh, and get into them. And I think if we can do that, we can cause teams trouble. We have got the the players and the ammunition there. Um, so if we start out a little bit of a, a little bit of passion, a little bit of fire, and and just get that attack right, get it flowing. Paul said there about like Levette playing well in the you know in the second half. I don't think he got the ball in an attacking position in the first half because the ball never seemed to shift that far. It was just drive, 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 and then a kick in the air. You know. Second half, we didn't let the ball move about a bit. You see the best of players. I think you know the proofs in in, in the pudding there. I think hopefully Richard's seen that, and uh, we can you know we can reproduce that now going forward. Yep. So that's our look back at the the game against Lee, and what we're going to do now, we'll look at all the big news coming out of the Salford Devils this week. So we're going to start with our big prize giveaway. Paul, uh, looking forward to, to this and uh, hopefully our listeners will be too. Yeah, certainly. He's had a, he's had a few shares on it on the, on the social media and whatever. And nice to see people getting involved and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, 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 this, how this goes, mate. 
Yeah, it's uh, the Greg Johnson framed print uh, provided from the classic sport prints uh, organization so i'm going to uh, i'm recording it now as we as we do it live so i'll just flip the camera around in a minute oh, no, i won't i'll do it now there we go right the nerves the nerves so, so i've uh, i've managed to flip the camera around so there's all the people that have entered the the star the prize for the uh, for the free print. I'll uh, click go and we'll see who the winner is. Round and round it goes. Where's it stop? No one knows. The winner is Steve Aldercroft. Is the winner of the uh, the frame print. Parker, great result for him. Yeah, very memorable moment and all that 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 try wasn't it? Let's you know saved our, our bacon. I know what happened after that. Obviously, was the the clinching thing, but that that try. I mean, the, the weight we scored as well. By the way, can you remember that? Went from one end to the other, and Niall got clipped, didn't he? And then the hooter went as the ball was going wide, and ah, oh, just what a memory. Um, yeah, that's that's excellent. Really good for him. Uh, I'm sure it'll take pride of place, unless you know he's like uh, he's like us lot with a uh, a lady in our lives who. Uh, May tell you that the only place it's going to go is the, uh, is the is, you know, the toilet or something. Um, but yeah, no, brilliant. Well done to him. Congratulations. Yep. So we'll we'll contact you over the uh, over the email and we'll organise sending the print to you. So congratulations to Steve uh, Aldercroft, uh, the winner of the uh, the prize draw. So next bit of news is Neil Blackburn and John Blackburn. Have been rewarded by the council uh, for all the hard work they've done during the pandemic in the city uh, through the Sulphur and Devils Foundation. You know, two great lads, Parker, and uh, doing the bit uh, for the city. Absolutely, um, the great, great honour for them both. They they have worked hard. The, the foundation have done so much. We we've said it a thousand times. It, they do so much work that nobody ever hears of. You know, or, or not enough people hear of, and that. They do a great job and they work so hard for in very trying circumstances. You know, they have they have you know a skeleton sort of team, don't they? Not like other other clubs and that kind of thing, but they do a fantastic job. It's great to see them sort of recognised, especially in this last twelve months where you know they've probably gone above and beyond at times. And uh, yeah, it's great. And just a quick message: if if John is listening, just uh, get in touch with me, John. I've uh, I've sent you a couple of messages, but um, not heard anything yet. But uh, I do want to. I do want to speak to you about a few things. Um, but congratulations, anyway. Been busy picking an award up, Parker. Do you not know? Yeah, yeah, very has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been great. Obviously, all the things that the Salford Red Devils Foundation do in the in the community, Paul, and you know these two lads that have have gone above and beyond in in the uh, the big time. Obviously, with with the Corona around, and these doing all they can in the community to help. Yeah, that's that's great to see. You know, it was a very deserving uh, award, and uh, you know John Blackburn deserves a bit of a, a bit more praise, I think, for um, his ball boy skills. I've noticed he's been ball boy at some of the own games at Salford. He was uh, running about on uh, on Friday night, collecting the ball and chucking it back on his. Uh, he's still got his passing skills anyway. So uh, so yeah, two two great guys there who do a terrific job for the foundation and in the community as well. So congratulations on the award. You know, you really deserve it. Other big news in the club, ex-chairman John Wilkinson is, is back 
uh, involved in the club. He's sponsoring uh, Jack Armandroyd. Uh, Park, it's great to have him back involved. Yeah, yeah. We've not, I've not seen John for, for quite some time and he's, he's placing in Salford Histories, obviously, you know, there everybody knows about about it and it's, it's great to see him back involved. I know for a while it, it was it, it was difficult for John. He, he, he still loved the club and he, you know, he's got nothing but, I mean, his, his service to the club needs no needs not mentioning, but he, uh, I think he stepped away and he tried to sort of distance himself a little bit from it. But it's great to see him back, him and his company back involved. You know, they, they, through his company, we had sponsors right the way through, what, the late 80s, 90s, right the way through. It was something to do with John's company that was, you know, putting money into us. He negotiated some some great deals as well. Obviously, the Trafford Centre and that kind of thing during his time. But it's nice to see them back. And, I hope, you know, I hope we get to see him around the place a little bit more. Yeah, his experience might be vital. You know, with Paul King, obviously the chairman now, he might want to bend John Wilkinson's ear about certain things. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point. I mean, he's got, you know, 30-odd years of experience, didn't he, John? He knows the administration. He had a great relationship with the RFL, oddly enough. I, don't, I think that he was well-respected in the game. He never, he never had a bad word to say about anybody. You know, we've had it with other chairmen who have perhaps done little things, a misdemeanour or whatever, but he was uh, a, a, great, a great man, a great ambassador, and I think that might be a, a key role going forward for the guy. You know, I think he deserves at least that to, to be involved in the club. But yeah, Paul King, I'm sure, would, would you know, like to, he may have already done, had a chat with him about a few things. But Paul actually reminds me a lot of John with a passion for the club. It's not just a club. I mean, we've just seen what we've just seen in football, the, the absolute hysterical, you know, nonsense about this, these these chair people who think they're something special and their clubs this or not about not about sport at all and you see you know obviously John was very passionate about his his city and his his club and, and Paul's the same it's great to have owners like that it's just a shame you know they, they're not uh, they're not multi billionaires like some of these football club owners and uh, can you know put a bit more money in but they, they, they're great for us and it'd be nice to see them both together actually. Yeah, Paul, I think it's great. Obviously, both kind of cut from the same cloth, really. Both experienced businessmen and both have Salford at heart. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think you, you both just nailed it there. It's, it's nice when you've got people like that that, that actually care about the, the club. Um, we know we say this, don't we? The custodians and, and they should look after the club and then pass it down to the, the next person, you know, like these these football people, I'm not really big into football, and I don't really know a lot about the the way the game is these days. But we had somebody like that solved, didn't we? Not that long ago, he didn't really give a toss about anything else apart from his own ego. And I think with with John Wilkinson and Paul King, they're not ego people; they're just genuine, caring rugby league people. And there's some great people in rugby league, and, and they're those sort of people that love the game, love the sport. Love the city, love everything that, you know, that, that comes with it. And when you've got somebody like that in charge and looking after your club and, and, and nurturing it, you feel a bit more relaxed. You know, under the previous regime, me as a supporter, you was always worrying about, oh, God, what's going to happen next? Are they going to do this? Are they going to change the name? What's going to happen to the club? You know, there's always something going on. There's always something in the back of your mind. And at the moment, we've got, you know, stuff with the stadium and things like that. But you know for a fact with someone like Paul King there and 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 the and the and Bleasy and, and and the rest of the guys there, you know that the their heart's in the right place and they'll do the right thing by you. Or I'd like to think they would anyway. And John Wilkins is the same sort of guy. You know, and when John was at Salford, great guy. I mean, 
I was a lot younger when I was at the Willows, but we used to walk around me and my dad under the main stand every week after the game. I don't know why we always used to go the long way around. I think it's because my dad didn't want to go home. He liked to spend as much time on the ground as he could. And we always used to cross paths with John as he'd come down the stairs and he'd cut across the, the pitch. And he'd always have time for us. I'd have a quick chat with my dad and ask him how he was and that. That's the sort of bloke he was. And that's why everybody loves him and they still love him now. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really pleased that he's getting back involved again. And it'd be great to see him there at the game with a big smile on his face. But Paul King as well doing a smashing job and he's another another quality man yeah other news Sam Luckley are a big second is he second row Paul yeah he's he's a big dirty forward yeah I'd say he's a second row or a prop yeah he's a he's a bit of a beast isn't he yeah good to see him going out on loan though that was that was good yeah on off on loan to Swinton for two weeks Parky I'm sure that you know, that'll help his development. A lot of people calling for him to get into the team. Obviously, he's known for his aggression on the field. So, people on the terrace, well, people not on the terrace, people sat at home and, and on social media, you know, feel that we need that in the pack. Yeah, I think I think that people need to realise the step up between Championship Rugby. We saw it the other week with Witness and Super League is massive. And Sam's not had a lot of time to adjust. He's Even getting used to full-time training is a different, you know, it's a completely different animal. His lifestyle and everything's got to change, and and he's made the move from the northeast, you know, where he's he's from down down here, and it will take time to adjust. But he needs game time. But you don't, you can't risk just throwing somebody in because people think he he deserves a game. We don't know how good he is. We don't watch him train every day. You know, Richard Marshall, Danny Orr, they're they're the guys that know. And I'm sure he's he's desperate to play. But a bit of time out on loan, um, back you know in the championship, but get a bit. Game fitness, back just back into the rhythm. I mean, he what played for months and months and months. I mean, we signed him from Newcastle. I don't know the last time Newcastle played before this season. They must have had most of the last year off. He needs time to, to adjust. He's got time on his side. Only young lad, really, for a forward. Uh, he is a big unit. I'll give him that. I won't fancy a crack off him and all that. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think going out and long is the right thing to do. Maybe have a few weeks at Swinton, then possibly try you know somewhere else. Maybe. No disrespect to Swinton, but, you know, maybe a little bit further up the, the chain in that league and, and, you know, get used to training and playing week in, week out and then come back to us, hopefully, fitter, fresher and, you know, ready to go. Yeah, there was also movement uh, with other players. Connor Aspie came back. Paul, he's, he's had a couple of weeks there. He's, he's obviously played a few games and it's all going to help his development. Newcastle Thunder, Rob. He's been, on, he's been up there and... Yeah, I think that experience will, will, will do him the world of good because they've made, made a good start to the season, haven't they? Newcastle Dunder and got some good players in that that side as well. The Dennis Betts is their coach, I believe now, so they've got a good setup and they're very ambitious. So, uh, so that that that'll uh, that'll help him as it will with. Um, with uh, Sam Luckley going to, to Swinton, I know probably a bit of a punishment for him on his first game. They got absolutely lamped off York, but you know they, they've got a good coach there in Stuart Littler and some experienced players. So, so that'll do him good. Uh, you know those sort of players have got time on the side, haven't they? they like Parky says, so the more experience they, they can get, and and especially for Sam as well, it's probably about getting your um, your body sort of battle hardened again. You've not played for for months, have they, with the, with the pandemic and things like that? So you can't just chuck somebody straight into to Super League. You know whether he's aggressive or not, he needs to get his body right and get used to getting smashed again. And you know forwards in the Super League, it's it's tough, isn't it? So uh, I'm sure he'll be ready though. We'll we'll see him before the end of the summer. He'll be playing for Salford. There's no doubt about that. And uh, let's just get him right. Let's just get him right, and then un- unleash him on on Super League. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Obviously, 
would be an opportunity for him. He's, he's got to build up, and he like like we said, Parky. It's a big gap in it between sort of second division, third division, and and Super League. And I'm sure these steps he'll he will take. It's only going to benefit him in the long run. Yeah, very much so. He's just got to you know keep keep learning. Like Paul said, there the, the actual just the contact. You not played rugby for a year. As most of our you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. Our amateur teams eventually. We'll, we'll find out, you know, them lads who, who haven't had the luxury of full-time training and that kind of thing, that that, that impact, that'll hurt, that'll take a lot out of you. And, and the recovery time, then having to train again, you know, he might play, if he'd gone straight into a first-team game in the Super League, he'd have played, you know, maybe a Friday night, back in training a day after. That Getting your body used to that is, so at least we, we can do it gradually, because, again, no disrespect to the Championship, but it's definitely nowhere near as quick or as fast or as, you know, tough as, as Super League. When you're playing against, you know, some of the best athletes that, that we've got in the game, so yeah, great chance for him. Uh, nice to see, you know, and hopefully he'll learn a few things off, off Stewie Little. Hopefully not not some of the the the, uh, the the more ropey things Stewie used to do, but no, he's he's done a great job there. So a bit more experience for him, and uh, yeah, like Paul said, I'm sure we'll see him before the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see when he when he gets his opportunity. So that's all the all the big news uh, of the week. Paul, have you got any amateur amateur news or results for us? Yeah, the amateur scene's sort of picking up now. I think the next couple of weeks we'll be starting to get a full amateur report for you then. But I've got a bit of news from Folly Lane that I'm just going to read out to you. Um, they're running an open age team in the North West Men's League, but the club are also hoping to run a second team playing in the Merit League. This is going to be made up of young lads that have come through their youth system, plus some old heads as well, and I use that that word uh, wisely. So any lads out there, they could be former players that fancy a game every now and then or who fancy a run out in the Merit League, please note they train on Tuesdays and Thursdays at Folly starting at 7pm and they're looking at putting on some tag rugby games very soon as well for all ages, open to all genders. If you're interested in joining any of these teams or sessions, then please either turn up Tuesday or Thursday or contact on this number directly 07954382. Five six three for more information. I'm not too sure whose phone number that is. Oh, it's Gary Woodward. He put the post on uh, on Facebook. I just picked that up the other day. So just give him a bell on that number and get in touch with the uh, with Folly Links. I'm sure they welcome you with open arms. So their training is seven o'clock Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, Parky, talking about our amateur clubs. The players are at Berry Broncos and Salford City Roosters uh, training tonight. They've talked about it on social media how they've got different ambassadors different players at different clubs and I think it's great the, the club have kind of engaged with the with the amateur with the amateur scene and this is only the start yeah it's, it's a great step and, and you could argue it should happen sooner not not we've got this regime but you know previously you know it's, it's great and I, I, I've actually you know I did I did worry quite a bit for our local amateur clubs to, to survive this last year it must have been, it must be so difficult um, you know, and uh, what everything they've gone through financially, just just staying alive, keeping the clubhouse, and you know that kind of thing, and and retaining players because in a year, you know, people will find other things if they can or or whatever, and you know, all the players may decide now. You know, Paul just mentioned there about the merit the merit league with it with following, but they, they may decide well, it's another year on. I'm, I'm a bit more, you know, I'm out of shape. Maybe I've got other things now, families, but it, so it's great. The club are, are sending players down, getting people, you know. Engaged, and when when you find out that you know if you're a fan, one of your best, your favourite players turn up at your club tonight to train, you know what? What a lift! 
it's a great thing to have. And uh, yeah, I hope it's a big success. It's a shame the weather's changed a bit for the first first few weeks of training, isn't it? But um, I'm sure as the summer goes on, more and more will flock down. And I just wish every success to our amateur teams. And obviously, uh, you know, our condolences with uh, uh, with the Eccles, Salford Roosters, as I should call them these days, the loss of uh, Alfredo last last week. That was a, a very sad. Very sad news, a lady that I, I knew from my time there. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I wish everybody there and everyone who knew her, you know, closely, uh, you know, just that we, everyone in, in the rugby league in Salford's thinking of them. Yeah, obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with her family and, and everyone down at Salford City Roosters. So that's all the, the big news of the week. And what we'll do now, we'll look forward to the Casford game on Friday night. <laughs> It's time on the Devil of the So, Red Devils face Casford Tigers at the AJ Bell Stadium Friday night. Paul, big game for Richard Marshall. It is. This is a big test. It's the next two weeks are going to be a big test. We're playing Cast this week in the in the league on Friday, then we've got them in the Challenge Cup quarterfinals uh, a week on Saturday at Headingley as well. So, two massive games now for me. And, you know, this is another test. You know, supporters are going to judge this again. There's no fans going to be there again, but I'm sure they'll all be out on, on social media with their uh, with the coaching badges on and uh, all the experts will be out again, as they always seem to be. But, you know, it's pressure, Super League's pressure, isn't it? So the, the microscope's going to be on this on this game again. So we've got to perform. We've got to do better than we did last week. We can't afford to, you know, to come up with um, a performance like we did in that first sort of hour again, as we've mentioned, you know, a few times on the on the podcast tonight. So for me, we need to start a bit more aggressively. I think a bit more aggression in the in the forwards and and, and take the game to cast. Let's not let's not start on the back foot. Let's get on the front foot. Bit of aggression. It means giving a few penalties away. Well, so be it. But let's get on top because. I tell you what, if you if you don't against Castleford, they walk all over you because they've got some aggression in that side. That Liam Watts will be chucking himself about, and um, they will they will, they, will, they will storm all over us. So we've got to be switched on uh, in this game. We really have because I mean they're not they're not I mean Melbourne Storm are they Castleford, but they're a decent side. Um, they're they're always up there, aren't they? Sort of the last decade or so, they've been in and around the playoffs and quite a consistent team, aren't they? And they're always tough to beat. You know, Daryl Powell's a decent coach. So, uh, yeah, I'm expecting a, a real tough game on Friday night. Yeah, top try scorers in the Super League, Parky, but also missed the most tackles, so they could be leaky at both ends. Yeah, that's an interesting start. I didn't realise they were, uh, the, the, the defence was a bit like that. Mm. Um, that, that. That gives us, you know, more hope. Uh, but they've always, the last few years under Daryl Powell, they've scored try after try. I mean, if you're a winger at, at Cast. I remember it was it Denny Solomona, uh, Greg Eden, Daryl Alfitz at the moment. People like that. They always seem to be scoring hatful of tries because that's the way they play. You know, that's that's the the way Powell likes to set it up. They do all the graft through the middle, and the ball will go wide. You know, and they'll, they'll catch out. They, they, their numbers. Paul McShane's a big key for that. He, he seems to be able to isolate players a little bit too easily at times, and uh, he, he creates space for all them around him. Uh, he's kicking games. Brilliant, I, 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 you know, he's big, big, big fan of his. Uh, the way he's developed his, his game over, you know, a long period of time. Really, he's going to be a real threat. Um, but defensively, that's that's interesting. If we can, like you know, Paul said, like I said earlier, if we can get off to a good start, you know, and if their defense isn't isn't quite up to it, um, 
then that's you know that's that's great for us. And we all know. I mean, I don't like bagging players too much, but Daryl Offit's Offit's uh, uh, catching wasn't always brilliant with us, was it? So if Kev Brown can uh, two, he can pin him in a corner and knock a you know knock a kick up to that wing. Um, you just never know, but uh, that's that's probably more wishful thinking because I know he's, he's he seems a better player than he was when he was with us. Um, whether that's just you know the, being in, a, in that team, but yeah, they, they're a very uh, they're a good team to watch. Cast are very entertaining, and uh, we've just you know we we've just got to match them for for passion and, and commitment. We're at home. Let's not you know let's not forget. I know it's difficult without fans, but we've got to make the most of it because when we go to Weldon Road or Jungle or whatever it's called. They'll they'll be giving us nothing, so it's a, yeah it's a big game. There's no point winning last week, you know, and getting a decent score and then getting trumped on this week. You know that's that's not going to help anyone, is it? Uh, one step forward, two steps back. We we've got to be competitive and we've, we've just got to stay in that arm wrestle and uh, and fingers crossed. Yeah, the reason they call them uh, classy cast, Paul. They've got firepower firepower everywhere. You've got nine levels. You've got Michael Shenton, Jordan Turner. Parker's mentioned Paul McShane. We're going to have to be switched on all over to to keep them subdued. Yeah, Jordan Turner's another guy who's um, played on the wing for him, hasn't he? A couple of times this season, scored a few tries. I know in the the Wigan game, I think they had him at standoff, didn't they, with Jacob Truman at halfback, and he's he's a good player. That Truman, only a youngster, but he's a. He's, he's shown the, some skills there. That Peter Matout is a guy that always impresses me, and they've also got the evergreen Michael Shenton, who seems to have been around for ages. So they have got got decent players all over the over the park, haven't they? And a, and a, a very aggressive pack of forwards as well that always impress me. So yeah, uh, high speed cast, I think they used to call them, didn't they? As well as classy cast. So uh, yeah, a decent side. They always are, and uh, they're always tough to beat. And if you look at our sort of Super League record against them, I was reading it today. I think. They beat us 30 times or 30 odd times in Super League, and we've won I think about 12 or something. So they have had the wood on us, really, and they've, they've beaten us plenty of times at Salford, but not, not so much since we moved to the AJ Bell. I think they had a lot of success at the Willows, didn't they? We lamped us there a few times, but we've had some, some tight games at, at, uh, at the AJ Bell Stadium. And I'm hoping this one's going to be the same. I'm hoping we're going to give a good account of ourselves. What we don't want, as Parky said, is to, to get that result against Lee. All, all right, it wasn't a great performance, but we got the two points or the percentage or whatever it is we, we don't want to you know chuck it all away this weekend and, and end up getting stuffed again so I think it's important we start well and we, we get in that arm wrestle and we, we give a real good account of ourselves yeah Lee Radford announced as Castleford coach for next season Parker do you think that'll be, be in, on the minds possibly well some players will obviously be playing for for contracts I'm not sure how many they've got coming off contract and there will be those who may want to follow Daryl Powell as well, so uh, that's that's a different matter for him to to deal with because he's obviously off to off to Warrington next year. Radford, I'm a, I'm a I like I like Lee Radford as a as a rugby league man, and I think he was an honest, a very honest pro. And he, every time he's interviewed when he was at Hull, he again a very honest man, very respectful. Uh, yeah, a guy that I really like about rugby league, a real tough man and all. Um, I know he's boxing. He's and Paul might might know more, but he's, he's boxing is quite good as well. But uh, getting the cast job, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he'll suit cast. I just I don't know why I think that. I just don't think he's the right man for them. But that's their decision. They've seen what they want from him. But certain players now will have to, you know, those that may be on one year deals now. Uh, he'll be watching them closely because he doesn't have to watch them. You know, with the, the same coaching as Daryl Powell, obviously. 
he's, he's got to make his assessments now and speak to the board as he goes and says, you know, these are the guys I want to keep for next year. So they've all got to impress. So it does, it does change the dynamic a little bit. But there is a, that uncertainty as well. So, uh, and as a player, I'm sure as a pro, once you, once you get on the pitch, all that goes out the window. But uh, yeah, interesting, interesting decision from Cass. Uh, like I said, I like Lee a lot. And uh, I'm sure, you know, he'll prove me wrong, but I just don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's the right man for Cass. We'll just have to wait and see. Paul. What with Radford, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh, it's funny because um, I read somewhere the other week, I think it was League Express, where he said he didn't want the job. And then uh, <laughs> I saw it today and he's, he's announced he, he's taking it. But yeah, just to echo again what Parker said, I've been in a few press conferences, as you have, Rob, you know, we've been to all when he was the old coach. And I always found him really honest and I always found him very entertaining and very like humble in the press conference. Always like let on to you and had time for people and that and it uh, seems a decent bloke decent you know rugby league man so uh, I'm not so sure about his boxing I believe he's, he's quite an handy bloke and he always looks it anyway I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a, a dig off him <laughs> he's, a, he's a big lad but uh, but yeah interesting a very interesting uh, appointment uh, for Castleford and I think if I was a cast supporter I probably wouldn't be thinking that far ahead but there's an awful lot of rumours going around about who's following Daryl Powell to um, to Warrington I think one doing the rounds today I've just been I've just seen it recently on Facebook uh, on one of the Warrington pages Paul McShane and Jake Truman and, and a few others as well and I think Nia Levels maybe so you, you would expect someone to go with him wouldn't you so uh, obviously that's a long way away but uh, but Casford don't seem to have got any sort of hangover at the moment at the start of the season when they announced that I thought perhaps you know that might affect the way they've been playing but the first three games of the season they won and then they were quite unlucky against against Wigan so it, it doesn't seem to have affected them they, they seem to be playing for Daryl Powell and obviously they want, they want to make a real good go of it this season Yeah, let's talk her predictions now boys I was quite close last week only eight out or something like that makes you makes you think just putting that in your your head uh, park it before you you decide <laughs> yeah mind games uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's a tough one it's a real tough one i think i i think there'll be pl- plenty of points that's what i will i will say and going going on the positive note trying to keep things you know optimistic mm-hmm. um i'm obviously I've been told off, I and mean, I've got a back Salford. So yeah. I'll say, I'll say twenty-eight, twenty-two to Salford. Twenty-eight, twenty-two. Is and there a I story behind that, Parker? Uh, no, I, I think there could be more points. I think one team, hopefully, us could could get into the thirties because I think, like you said about their defence, and our defence certainly isn't isn't great. But both teams' strength, realistically, I, I would have thought, would have been in the attack. And Cass are always scoring points. So we're going to have to score quite a few to get on top of them. So that that's my only thinking, really. Paul, what's your what's your thoughts and uh, score prediction on it? I've not wrote anything down yet this week. I'm, oh, it's a funny one. Um, I know me and Parky are in a prediction league on on, on Facebook, and uh, I think if we perhaps if we went with our Eds a bit more, we might be doing better because I back Salford every week on that. It's like a little rule I have for myself. I'm not allowed to back against them, and <laughs> even though perhaps, perhaps sometimes I would. So I won't back against Salford tonight either. I'm, I'm going to go a Salford win. Um, I'm not dead convinced about it, but I'm going to go Salford 19, Castlewood 18. Ooh. Oh, is there a story behind oh. that, Paul? Golden point, extra time, and mm. I'm going to go for to drop the goal. 
Chris Atkin. Okay. To seal a deal. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, like you say, Castleford Tigers score lots of tries, but they are a bit leaky. We've suddenly found our mojo in that last sort of 20 minutes against Lee. So I'm thinking a bit of a score fest on Friday. So I'm going to go Salford 40, Castleford 26. Wow. Paul, and, and I'm going to go with Livette with two tries. Mm. I think uh, I think we've got a lot of work to do to score 40, but you never know, <laughs> you might be right. I just think uh, an, attack, an attack would have to be bang on. Absolutely bang on. There's nothing to say it won't be. I don't know. We don't know the squads yet. We don't know, you know, anything could happen in the next few days. So, who, who knows? It's a, you know, a tough call. But I think at the start of the season, I'd have looked at this game, by the way, and thought, this is a key game. Uh, obviously, I didn't expect us to get off to quite the sluggish start we have, we, we have done. But if we're going to compete for, for top eight or whatever, top six, that Castleford would be in there and they'd be one of the teams you, you've got to take points off. So, for me, it's, it, it, it's still a big game. And uh, if we can get a result out of this, what a boost it'd be for the for the game a couple of weeks later. Yeah, like a Morris dancer with an arthritic knee. Paul, we will click on Friday. So very good. Very good on you, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so. I mean, do you know what? I just take a win. I'm not bothered how many we win by as long as we, we get a result. And... Even even saying that, if if we aren't to win the game, I think what would be positive is if we can if we can compete. I think Richard Marshall's mentioned that word. I've heard him mention that word a few times in, in interviews and press conferences this season about competing. And I think it's vitally important that you do that. We, we we we've got lamped a bit against Hull and Catalan, so you want to be in the games, don't you? We don't want to be you know over by half time. Let let's let's just get in the game and and you know let the result look after itself. But you know, I'm not fearing Castleford. You know, I'm not fearing them at, at all. They're, they're a very good side, you know, when they want to be. But we're, we're the home team. I know there's no crowd there, but we're the home team. You know, we've we, we played well in the two home games we've had and, and scored some... Well, I say played well. We played well for 20 minutes against Lee. Um, but we played all right against Widnes, didn't we? So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping we're going to perform. Let's let's compete and then whatever happens after that happens. Nothing, nothing to fear apart from fear itself Parker that's a that's a quote from somebody I think been a great show really enjoyed talking all things Sulphur Devils this week with you been brilliant Rob um, just want to say before we go uh, quick I don't know if you're listening quick happy birthday happy 50th birthday to, to Ray Dix I'm sure most people listening will know who Ray is uh, you will have seen or certainly heard him at a game um, it's his 50th uh, on Wednesday so uh, big happy birthday to him and let's hope the Reds can uh, bring him a win this weekend yeah, been a great show, Paul. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good one. They seem to be uh, flying along these weeks, really, don't they? Uh, mm. It's going quick at the moment. But yeah, happy birthday to to, to Ray as well. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think he was fifty. He don't look fifty, does he? So uh, yeah, I hope they get the win for you, mate, at the week at the weekend, and you have a uh, have a nice fiftieth, pal. Yeah, it's a happy birthday, uh, Ray. Hope you have a, a great day and uh, celebrating Salford's win on uh, Friday night. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. I'm Ron Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you next week.
and the